Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Nā mihi nui and welcome to the Kākāpō Files. It's great to have your company. I'm Alison Balance and we're up to episode 14 of this RNZ podcast following the bumper breeding season of New Zealand's rare flightless night parrot. This week's episode is called Kotahitanga. It's going to be short and sweet. I'm going to give Whenua Hau, Codfish Island, a call and catch up with two members of the Department of Conservation's Kākāpō recovery team, manager Deirdre Veko and scientist Andrew Digby. Kia ora and welcome back to the Kākāpō Files, Deirdre. I gather you're having a very busy day. Kia ora, Alison. Yes, it is very busy today. What have you been up to? I got down from a nest this morning at about nine and there are a lot of chicks and nests at the moment, so it's full on management. Now, speaking of chicks, can you give us the latest numbers? I sure can. Currently, we have 64 live chicks. Wow. Uh, so another, <laughs> I know, another few hatched in the last few days. And at the moment, I think we've got two here on Whenua Ho that have externally pipped, so they've started the hatching process, and one on anchor that's probably due to hatch within the next hour. And also, one of Kiwi's eggs is externally pipped in her nest on anchor, so... It may have already hatched and we're not quite sure yet. Crikey, so we might be 65, 66, 67, 68, possibly by the end of the day. <laughs> we might be. Now there have been some chick deaths I know, so how many chicks have actually hatched in total and how many have died now? Uh, so we've lost seven chicks, so 71 have hatched in total. Okay. On the last episode of the Kākāpō Files, you talked about Queenie 4A with a broken leg. Any news from her? Oh, actually, Queenie 4A is, is doing really, really well. So the chick got brought off Anchor Island after two or three days there uh, and has had a, a bit of a basic splint those first few days and has now moved into a moon boot-style splint. Uh, so that that break appears to have started healing and, and the chick's really, really sprightly and bright, uh, feeding well. So, yeah, we're quite hopeful that we'll have full recovery there. That's totally fantastic. Now, I've got some listener questions, and I think you might answer some of them for me. So Dee wanted to know, how is Tumiki 1A doing? Oh, Tumiki 1A was not doing very well at hatch. That was a chick that had a quite a prolonged hatch and was basically lame for the first few days and had very little feeding response. But it has actually made a, a remarkable recovery. So it hatched on the 20th of February, on Whenua Ho, and we moved it off to Invercargill around about the 28th for handling there. And then on the 12th of March, we moved Tumiki 1 to Anchor Island, and a few days later, we actually got that chick out into a nest that was doing so well. So initially, it went into a nest with a mother by the name of Yasmin, uh, and just recently has been switched into Hini Tomai's nest. So it's doing really, really well, surprisingly. We're very happy about that result. 
that's most excellent. Now another question from someone whose Twitter handle is Duddle Duddle. I've no idea what their name is. They said it would be good to hear from the Fiordland males. So what was the latest news from Gulliver and Sinbad? Start with Sinbad first. So Sinbad mated naturally with Tohu, a young female, um, and unfortunately she laid two infertile eggs. So he didn't have any other um, mating this season, but we did artificially inseminate a few birds uh, with some of Sinbad's semen. So we artificially inseminated Zephyr and Aranga and Nora. Uh, unfortunately, both Zephyr and Aranga's eggs were also infertile, so that, that really didn't work. But Nora did have three fertile eggs, which may or may not be Sinbad because she also mated naturally. So it'll, it'll be a while before we understand whether that was Sinbad or not, who has fathered those, those eggs. One of the eggs died very early on in development. One chick hatched but unfortunately died very soon after hatch. It had a um, yolk sac infection. And the third egg from that clutch is about to hatch in the next few days. So we're hoping for some better luck there. Gulliver, though, has had a much better better track record this year. So he mated naturally twice in one night, um, the first time with Ponamu and the second time with Suzanne. Actually, I might have those times around the wrong way. But Ponamu, she laid three eggs and one of them was fertile and unfortunately died at very early embryo age. So nothing resulted from that mating with Ponamu. But much better result with the mating with Suzanne. So Suzanne laid three fertile eggs and has had three chicks hatch from those eggs. And they're all doing really, really well. They're about 20 days old now. So two of them are with Suzanne in her nest. And one of them is in Awarua's nest. So that's three potential Gulliver chicks this season, which we are just really, really stoked about. Excellent. Well, we'll wait for the paternity test to confirm that. But it sounds like it's a good possibility. Yes, well, we don't know if Suzanne mated with anyone else, so we're fairly certain that she mated only with Gulliver, but of course there could have been another sneaky mating that we didn't detect, but we're very hopeful that they are indeed Gulliver's chicks. Fantastic, Deirdre. Thank you very much. Could you pass me on to Andrew now? I sure can. Kia ora, Alison. Kia ora, Andrew. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, how are you? Very good, thank you. So I've got another question from a listener for you, which is... One of those bigger picture questions. How many kākāpō, asks Josephine, can islands support? She says, I hear they used to be one of the most common birds in New Zealand, but does it depend on the island? Yes, it very much will so. So my understanding is that these were maybe even the third most common bird in some parts of New Zealand. They used to be extremely common. And in terms of how much the islands support, it's, it's a little bit tricky. We have just anecdotal evidence and just the evidence in the last sort of 30 years to go on. We think we've had um, up to sort of the high 70s of, of numbers of birds uh, on Fenuaho and roughly about the same number of birds on Anchor. They're about the same size, those islands. We don't know for sure what capacity is, but we use some sort of indications of um, available habitat. So we're looking at females and, what, and where they're nesting and whether some females have chosen suboptimal habitat, which might indicate that there's not enough space for them. And also for interactions between males and particularly fights and breeding seasons. So in the last breeding season in 2016, we lost a couple of males on Fenuaho to fighting. On Anchor this year, we lost one male to fighting. So we look for those sort of interactions to try and estimate how much they can hold. We think we're roughly at capacity with Fenuaho and Anchor. We could probably squeeze a few more birds on, um, but we think it might be suboptimal to do so. So that's one of the reasons why we're looking for new sites. So you've got some birds on Little Barrier. You really are actually going to be quite desperately looking for new sites by the end of this breeding season. 
yeah, it's going to be interesting. We've got some ideas in mind of where we want to go in the future. But if we have many more breeding seasons like this, you know, over the next 10 years, and that will need to accelerate our search for, for new places to put kakapo. Well, thank you for that answer. Now, today we are recording, this is episode 14 of the Kakapo Files. It's the afternoon of Friday the 22nd of March. And it's been a very sombre week in New Zealand for the last week. Last Friday was, of course, the terror shootings in Christchurch and you have acknowledged that in some way. Could you tell me that story, please? Yeah, that's right. So when that happened, we were obviously all very shocked by the news and really saddened by those events. And we decided that one sort of small thing that we could do to show our solidarity for those people who were affected was to name one of the chicks that hatched in response to that. So the next morning, in the early hours of Saturday morning, a chick hatched one of Waikawa's chicks and we named it Kotahitanga, which means unity or solidarity in Māori, in recognition of those terrible events of last Friday. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. Can we talk about Waikawa a little bit? Because she's been quite a bit of a star this year in terms of how many fertile eggs she's laid. She's done really well. We think she's mated with Horton. We're not too sure exactly who she mated with, and Horton didn't have a smart transmitter on for a while, so there was a little bit of a, a gap there. I think in total she's laid 12 eggs over the course of her life and she's laid, this season she's laid two four-egg clutches and all eight of those eggs have been fertile, which is, which is quite astonishing. Which is not bad for an eight-year-old. Yeah, that's right, exactly, and for a kakapo. You know, for, for an average kakapo, we'd expect only half of those eggs to be fertile, but yeah, she's got a 100% fertility rate at the moment. Now I'm going to draw a long bow here. So Waikawa's mum is Lisa, and another bird that I'd like to ask you about is also a Lisa chick, and that's Hoturu, who was hatched on Little Barrier Island in 1999. She's currently looking after three chicks. Does she still have three chicks that she's fostering? Yes, she does still have three chicks. We actually we did have three chicks with Hinamora on on anchor, but we transferred one. A couple of them did a bit of a switch around and moved them to Hoturu. They're doing well. She's got quite a big nest. There's plenty of room for three chicks, and from the weight graphs of those chicks, they're all, they're all tracking very nicely. So that's quite exciting. We've also got a three-chick nest on Fenuaho as well. We've got Rakiura, who's looking after three chicks at the moment too. I also understand we've got a couple more, so we've now got three three-chick nests on anchor. So we've, we've been kind of, you know, our normal is to start with one chick per nest. We've pushed it up to two, and we're now trying for three-chick nests. And so far, so good. Oh, well, fingers crossed that the Rimu fruit keeps ripening, those mums keep coping, and those chicks keep growing. Yeah, that's right. And that's I'm just I've just been out to Fenway back again for the last few days and it's really nice to see the Rimu fruit on the ground. You know, I've never seen that before on Fenway. It's the last happened before I was on the team and that's gonna make a huge, huge difference to how many chicks we can keep in nests here on Fenway. Thanks, Andrew. That was Andrew Digby and we also heard from Deidre Verko and they're both with the Department of Conservation's Kakapo recovery team and it was great to get all the news. I'll be back again next week with more Kākāpō news, but in the meantime, if you'd like to listen to this podcast again, you can always find it at rnz.co.nz slash You can always subscribe to us as a podcast on your favourite podcast app. Just search for RNZ Kākāpō. Thanks heaps for your company, but it's bye for now from me, Alison Balance. Mate wā. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.